0: Hello and welcome to the Round the Outside podcast. Thank you so much for joining us and listening. We've got a lot to talk about, um, in this episode. Sorry I've had a little bit of time away. I've been a a lot, very busy with schoolwork and lots of other things. Um, so I haven't really had the time to sort of make an episode as I, as much as I would have liked. Um, so. Now I'm back and we're going to be getting in to some very, very juicy stuff in this episode, including wrapping up a World Cup group stage that had so many upsets. Um, honestly, nobody could have predicted it. Um, and looking towards those last 16 ties, um, that are coming up soon. And i am also be going over the predictions that I had for the, um, Formula, 2022 Formula One season, uh, going over, going through those. And yeah. There've been a bit of surprises. It's not very accurate, uh, not as accurate exactly as so I would have liked. So yeah, let's get let's get straight into it. I guess so. Uh, I'm gonna start off with my, the predictions I made for the 2022 Formula One season, and I'm gonna say it's not, it's not great. It's not great. I mean, I haven't been spot on. So yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into it. So starting off with the dark. I uh, uh, actually to clarify. I've made these, um, predictions before the, um, actually, before the Bahrain Grand Prix, so like, after, after pre-season testing. I did make these after the Bahrain Grand Prix. Um, I think just some, I think some other people made their predictions after the Bahrain Grand Prix, up, instead of, and um, before, before testing. I did mine after testing and before the Bahrain, um, before the Bahrain Grand Prix. So, in that sort of, I think it's like a two-week window, um, so yeah, let's get right into it. So I'm already regretting this. So the first prediction that I made was biggest surprise of the year. And I said and this one is actually pretty accurate. I said that Mercedes would be off the pace. That was accurate. I said um I predicted them to, that um to finish second in the constructors, but I said they were gonna be off the pace and not as good as they were last year. Which I mean was Right to an extent. For the first, sort of, ten races, Mercedes were way off the pace. They couldn't really get... They didn't really have a car. The W13 was really functioning as they probably hoped and expected. So, they were into the barrel, thinking, okay, we can only really finish in the top six, and we only finish higher when our rivals, Red Bull and Ferrari, made mistakes. Which is what happened in the first half of the season. They didn't have any reliability issues. It was just plainly slow. I mean, for me... Cause I mean the prediction I'm gonna grade these out um like A B C D sort of that sort of uh grading system. So I'm gonna give this one I'm gonna give this one an a B plus. A B plus, yeah. Um I mean I I was right, but probably for the wrong reasons. Uh I didn't really say I think they got caught up by the regulations a little bit, which is probably what hampered them a lot. Um yeah, I'm 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 actually quite happy with those predictions. I'm actually kinda of happy with that. Um a lot of people actually expected that, but yeah, we probably expected Mercedes and Ferrari to be on top and ju- just Ferrari probably to be on top, but it's actually Red Bull who were just running away with it. Um The biggest surprise of the season I predict was that Alpine would another p- surprise I predict is that Alpine would finish seventh in the constructors. Oh my god. Well, I mean, they weren't very good at getting the driving moves, were they? They were very bad at um, handling those driving moves. They ended up getting Pierre Gassi at the last second. But seventh, Fernando Alonso was raging the whole season. Fernando Alonso was carrying that LP. They finished eighth and ninth in the championship. Alcon ahead of Alonso. Alonso had a lot of reliability issues. If he didn't, I probably expected Alcon to finish ahead of him. And they ended up finishing ahead of McLaren in fourth in the constructors. That was sort of a lot of people thought that would be like a like an unbreakable bond of you know Mac- the top four would always be Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes, McLaren, whatever order that would be. Alpine managed to break that, and I thought they were going to finish seventh, which is where Aston Martin finished. Oh my god, I've had a nightmare. God help me. <laughs> um, uh, to be fair, I also predicted the Honda engine to be pretty par- powerful because I put Alpha Tauri. As the um, uh, fifth in the, in the constructors, which would have been their highest finish. End up finishing ninth. They're one of the wor- worst teams this season. Uh, one of the biggest surprises for me in terms of how bad they were. And yeah, I mean, Sonoda finished seventeenth, and Gassy finished fourteenth in the championship. I think that's all you really need to know. Right, moving on to um, to the second prediction that I had, which was who was gonna win be the surprise race winner this season oh I mean this one this one kind of hurts because I, I I I said Lando I said Lando Norris surprise race winner of the season I said Lando Norris the closest he was probably was in Imola he wasn't even close to the to the, to the front of the pack but he finished third only midfield podium of the season does that count I, I mean it was all right McLaren off the pace. He was probably the best. He was getting the most out of that car. Finished seventh in the championship, which was very impressive. head of both Alpines carrying that McLaren car for the whole season. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give Mike that a B because yeah, he didn't win a race, but he was pretty impressive. He was very impressive throughout the whole season. Moving on then to the cut to the team with the best comeback. So this. So, best comeback year, which basically means the team that had the best year compared to the season they had in the 2021 season. Um, I went for Haas, because I thought, you know, Ferrari engines are going to be powerful. You know, maybe they spring up a little bit of a surprise. You never know. Um, It could be be pretty good for them. Didn't happen. Um, I mean, they got eighth in the championship, which isn't bad. Magnussen got P five in those first four races. If I'd said if if it was for those, until Monaco, I'd have been bang on. But then after Monaco, he just they just fell off, just fell off. I mean, they just they just weren't really quiet. I guess then no nobody really sort of was sort of recognising them. Uh yeah. So moving on to the big yeah another comeback that I predicted to have was Daniel Ricciardo. He'd get rid of the second season tri- syndrome. Actually, I said Mick Schumacher as well. Daniel Ricciardo and Mick Schumacher. Would, They'd would get rid of the second of the um second season syndrome. They had to settle in their first year, and then they would have an unbelievable second year. And he also said Ricciardo would. Uh, wait, what did I say, Ricardo? Ricardo would finish sixth in the championship. Schumacher fifteenth. The Schumacher one, I was actually far off. He finished sixteenth behind Lance Stroll. But Daniel, oh my God, Daniel Ricciardo. Deadpool. Oh Danny Rick um, Lost his seat Both of them lost their seats Danny Ricardo. Unbelievably average season in that McLaren uh, One of the main reasons That he, McLaren Was sort of dragged to 5th In the Constructors Championship uh, Didn't really look His best position was in 5th The whole season 22 races, your best position is 5th Got swapped out for Oscar Piastri Pretty much mid-season, cause like, they announced him in season. And yeah, overall, terrible, terrible, um, year for him. Oh my god. This, this is what I was saying. Why these predictions were so bad. This is why. <laughs> this is why. Well, to be fair, I could have finished 12th Ricardo, cause he was level on points with Vettel. Oh my goodness. What have I done? <laughs> what have I done? Okay. Now, on to probably the, the crucial ones. Um, who was... These are more crucial ones. Who was going to be the Constructors' champion? I'm going to start with the Constructors. So, I went with Ferrari. Who didn't? Who didn't go with Ferrari? Like, just stand up. Just be honest. Who didn't go with Ferrari to win it? Because, like... Everyone knows so much hype about oh my god, throwing such a good car this year, they're surely gonna challenge. Charles' gonna win the world championship, one two in the championship. The first three races, it actually looks like it's gonna happen, and then what happens? It all goes down into the drain, like and it all goes melting like a little puddle of ice cream. Oh, it's such a shame. End up with a sack team principal. Championships pretty much over by France. You could argue maybe Hungary, but for me, it's over by France. Oh, it's so sad. They just can't. They just can't do it. (laughs) They just can't do it. Uh, I, I don't. I, I don't think that they'll ever be do it. I don't think they'll ever be able to do it. (laughs) Um. But yeah, this is that's a shame. Hopefully, they come up, come back with a better car next season. Challenge, but let's be honest, that doesn't look likely considering the progress that Mercedes are making. And then I obviously said that Charlotte Leclerc was going to win the world championship, and oh my god, I underestimated. I just realised I put Red Bull for th- I put Red Bull third in the championship. What? How? Do I put re- how did I put Red Bull third in the championship and Verstappen to finish third? Verstappen didn't finish third. He actually got 15 wins across the whole season, got about 400 of points. I put Perez in eighth. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yo, I'm going to read through my predictions right now. I predicted Charles Leclerc to win the World Championship, Lewis Hamilton to finish second, and then retire at the end of the season. He's going to continue for the next three or four years now. Verstappen 3rd, Russell 4th, Sainz 5th, Ricardo 6th, Norris 7th, 8th Perez, 9th Pierre Gasly, 10th Vettel, 11th Alonso, 12th Sonoda, 13th Ocon, 14th Magnussen, 15th Schumacher, Stroll 16th, Bottas 17th, uh, Albon 18th, Latifi 19th, and Joe 20th. I really, I really underestimated Grant Joe. I think we all underestimated Brandon Joe, because he was like, I think we all thought it was going to be really bad because we all thought he was sort of like a pay driver, and you, the only reason he was in F1 was because of his because the amount of money he was going to bring in. But he actually did pretty well. Yeah, I think he probably surprised a lot of people. He got six points across the whole season. He didn't finish last. Um, for a rookie season, I probably would have expected more. Um, but yeah, it's not unbelievable. It's not good. It's not bad either. Let's say that. Uh, constructors Ferrari first. Who didn't say that? Mercedes second, Red Bull third, McLaren fourth, Alfa fifth, Hass sixth, Haas sixth, and honestly, they probably could have finished sixth if Mick Schumacher probably delivered a couple more points for them. Um, yeah, they yeah, if Mick Schumacher got like fifteen more points, I mean, actually, if they got if he got like eighteen, nineteen more points, they would have finished sixth. Damn, Mick Schumacher, you'll get your game together. Six. Yeah, I might have been right. 7th, uh, Alpine, which I'm absolutely ruining about. Aston Martin, 8th. Williams, 9th. So yeah, overall, I'm going to grade these predictions. How do I grade this? Um, I'm going to grade them... I'm going to give myself a C. I don't think I was unbelievably wrong. I mean, I was wrong with who won it, for sure. But... Midfield, I was pretty close. I mean, like McLaren, I was close. Alfa I is completely wrong. Um, Haas, probably wrong. Alpine, I was unbelievably wrong. Mercedes, I was close. Actually, I'm Mercedes. I'm actually pretty happy with. Um, yeah, yeah. I think overall, I think it was really fun making predictions. I'm definitely gonna make another batch for um uh, the 2023 season. going to be so many good. Hopefully, I can do a little, a little bit of a better job for those ones. Moving on then to an absolutely hectic World Cup group stage. Let's breathe. Let's take a little breather. It's been a pretty hectic couple of weeks. Oh, my goodness. What have we witnessed? Um, so many upsets have happened. I'm going to go through the groups one by one and i what happened. In Group A, Netherlands, Senegal making up the skin, making it through by the skin of their teeth over Ecuador. Ecuador were probably the favourites to go through, and Senegal snatched it um, in the head-to-head game, um, their final game, and they finished one point um, behind Netherlands. Netherlands were probably a standout team, especially Cody Gakpo and Qatar. Obviously disappointed, um, probably not like we expected to, but yeah, um, yeah, just disappointed. They weren't, just, they weren't very good enough. Um... B, uh, group B England started a bit scary as the US. Um, to be fair, England just didn't really look like themselves. They just didn't really look the England that we're used to seeing. Um, uh, not maybe this summer where they looked really out of form. I I actually I predicted England wouldn't do very well this World Cup. Um, and yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously they won the group, and I feel like they just got a little knack of doing it on the big stage so in nine in football and in, in cricket as well um us made it through I, I was in the i was in um on a bus i was going to squash training um like sports and uh, at school and we were going on the bus and one of my friends was watching the us iran game and when pulisic scored it erupted like you could not believe it was so loud we were like jump. we were stamping like usa 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 you could feel the passion and they really changed um they really changed the sort of way that um, the world looks at uh, US soccer, soccer, football. Um, Iran was so sad to see them go out, especially what's happened in their own, in their home country. I mean, they did do them justice um, by beating Wales uh, 2-0. That was nice to see. But yeah, Wales, obviously, probably it's the end of the year of, of an era for them. They still need to change up a little bit. Group C was... Pretty close. I mean, um, all the teams separated by three points by a win. Argentina topping the group after that unbelievably, um, unbelievable upset uh, against Saudi Arabia. Nobody gave them a chance. Saudi Saudi Arabia are not giving a chance against Argentina. They won somehow. I mean, <laughs> some people are probably saying they b- they bought the game, but they didn't. They were unbelievable that whole game, and, Poland, and Mexico, went down to goal difference, if Mexico, Mexico was so close, because if they had, um not conceded that goal, they might have gone through, because of a uh, fair play, oh, unlucky, Mexico just can't, they can't do it right, huh, but Poland now got France, so to be fair, it's not bad for Mexico, um, anyway, is it, Group D, this, was very close, especially second spot, Denmark going out, finishing bottom of the group, Tunisia beating France in the final game, even though that didn't really matter. France are topping, obviously topping the group. Vive la France. And Australia. Australia went through, and they won the same uh, amount of points as France. They could actually top the group on goal di- uh, if they had a better goal difference, but that's, that wasn't really likely to happen. Um, yeah, but now Australia are out of the World Cup because they lost to Argentina. So, yeah, that aged well. <laughs> um, group E. Oh my goodness! The final night of Group E was absolutely hectic. At one point, there were two teams through. At one point, they were out. At one point, Japan and Costa Rica were going through. At one point, Spain are going through. At one point, Germany are going through. It was hectic. I mean, obviously the controversial, the controversy of how um, that crossed. I think it was from Ritsu Doan. Um, it didn't go uh, over the line. Um, listen, Japan deserve it, and I- I'm glad they went through. Uh, regardless, because they, they, yeah, they deserve this. They really deserve this. Um, yeah, I think they deserve that a lot. Um, Costa Rica, Costa Rica. Uh, when they were leading Germany, they had a chance to go through, and Spain and Germany were going out. Oh my goodness, that was unbelievable. And Germany were obviously gonna going to go through, but yeah, there's some sort of problem with Germany. I don't know what it is, but they need to fix it very, very quickly. For sure, um, I think it might be just down to the sort of the system that they play. They just don't really look hungry like they were in 2014. Bastian Schweinsteiger said that. I don't think they need to change coach. Hansi Flick's definitely the right man for the job. But hopefully they can come back. I hope they can come back in um in Euro 20, 2024, which is their is obviously their um uh, a, a home tournament for them, and hopefully I can do well there, so, uh, moving on to Group F, and Belgium, Belgium knocked out, um, my headmaster, the headmaster of my school, no, he's not really a headmaster, but he's of one of the assistant headmasters, he's from Belgium, I had a long conversation about him, he's pretty native to Belgium, knows a lot about Belgium, Belgian football and everything, um, and he, he was sort of telling me, you know, the, if there's nothing about the age. We're not too old to win the world they were not too old to win the walkout. There was sort of a sort of it was sort of the end of a j end of an era. That was what was happening. There was just we didn't we didn't have enough talent to go through I mean, obviously Hazard. They they dropped Hazard, Lukaku wasn't really playing well. Uh I feel like Martinez just wasn't really a good enough manager. I mean he failed at Everton to Considering, like, look at what Roberto Martinez did. He didn't do very well at Everton, let's be honest. And when he comes to Belgium, he said, Belgium needs to be picking the best managers in the world. Especially for your golden generation. You have to have the best manager in the world. It's not even a question. And to take such a good team and not even get, uh, not even win a tournament, win a national tournament, is unbelievably disappointing. That's just, that's really sad. That's really sad for Belgian football. Um, he also said, like, a lot of the players are not going to be there next World Cup. There are still some good, uh, a lot of good talent. Jeremy, Jeremy Doku, Amadou Nana, who was suspended for that game. Uh, but, and yeah, KDB's is obviously still going to be there for the next World Cup. So, it doesn't look all too bad. Obviously, Martinez is now done. He's not really managing the team um, anymore. Who, sh- who should they go for? I don't think go for another Belgian manager maybe you could try and get Vincent company I don't know how that would work um but I think Vincent company would probably get those players rallied up and trying to get the golden generation of Belgium continue to continue uh but yeah it's just, I just don't think it's um I just don't think it's possible I mean Lukaku's probably not going to be there a lot of players are just getting to the end of their careers they got players who were good in 2018, like Vertonghen Adel- and Alderweireld were probably two, the, one of the best centre-back players in the world in 2018, which is why they were so good in 2018 Belgium. But now they're both playing in the Belgian League, they're sort of old and they're not as good as they used to be. They need to be sort of having a way to breed new talents. That's not, by, by the way, that's not going to come through the Belgian League. You can breed new talent to get young talent into the Belgian League and then sell them elsewhere. That would be good. But that's not gonna, you're not going to develop players in the Belgian League and then just take them to the World Cup, and you're not going to win World Cups that way. It needs to be a bit different. Uh, yeah. Morocco and Croatia are going through. I think Morocco are definitely now a massive um, dark horse for this World Cup. Croatia were one of the fate dark horses going into this World Cup, but yeah, they managed to scrape out their group. And they're playing... Who are they playing? I just want to check this quickly. Um, and in France are playing Poland, England are playing Senegal. One Croatia, play? Croatia playing Japan, battle of the dark horses. Brazil playing also playing South Korea, which is amazing. Speaking of actually speaking of South Korea, onto Group G, uh, actually onto Group H. Actually, on the, we'll go back to Group G. South Korea made it through on goal scored. <laughs> Ghana managed to knock the Uruguay out of World Cup, be a revenge for two thousand and ten. Um, which to be honest, I don't really disagree with as revenge because. Um, he, was pro- he was probably um, um, self- a selfless act from Suarez to keep his team in the game, and maybe a bit of cheating involved in that as well. But he wasn't the one taking the penalties, and they did He wasn't taking the penalties. If if maybe they scored, it would be a little bit better. But yeah, I, I don't think he should have apologized because that's a bit bitter and salty from Ghana um, fans. Because that's what the only reason that happened is because they were, um, they lost the game. So, yeah, that's why I, I, agree with Suarez, Suarez. Uh, Ghana, to be fair, Ghana nearly made it through. They just needed to beat Uruguay and then they were through. But, yeah, that didn't happen. I think Uruguay was just too good. But South Korea managed to get a last, a last minute winner against, I think, against Portugal. It was unbelievable. Me and my friend is out South, um, not really from South Korea, but he's, um, has, um, I'm not going to say family, but had, like, a bet, like, a bet with his dad that South Korea would go through, um, he was, like, watching, and he was so happy, Uh, you could see the, like, the the happiness on his face, so, yeah, I'm happy for South Korea, although they do have Brazil in the next round, which, let's be honest, they're probably not gonna win, um, but, yeah, everyone's got their backs, everyone's got their backs, everyone, everyone wants the Asian-African teams to win, everyone wants the Dark Horse to win, let's be honest, um, Brazil and Switzerland got through in Group G, which was kind of dull, let's be honest, it wasn't like an unbelievable group, kind of it, it kind of went as expected, uh, although Cameroon got close to going through, but just couldn't get uh, enough points that they would have liked, um, especially in the game against Serbia, which I think they lost, no they drew that game, they, they beat, if they beat Switzerland then maybe they won't have a chance, but yeah. It just wasn't to be. Just wasn't to be for uh, Cameroon. So that's why I'm going to end it for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Please share this to as many people as you can. Uh, It would mean the world to me. And I'm going to. And I'll see you next time. Goodbye.